The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language. And here are your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve Ewald. Welcome everybody to the Church of Roy podcast. We are back after All-Star Weekend, uh, kind of in that NBA lull before the final push of the season starts, the final third of the season, not quite half a season. No matter how many times you read it, uh, the second half of the season is not really, I mean, Probably went to a, a public high school in, in Eastern Oregon, like myself and my co-host, <laughs> Brian Wilcox. Brian, that's your introduction. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Uh, thanks, Steve, I think. I'm all right, man. I'm, I'm happy the All-Star Weekend's behind us. I'm ready for some real basketball again. Really okay. ready after watching that. <laughs> after watching those festivities, or, or what I did watch, which wasn't much. All right, so let's get into it, because I think we're basically, we kind of watch the same things. Um which is I didn't watch the the Rising Stars Challenge this year. Um, I did watch highlights of uh, Machine Gun Kelly playing some basketball in the Celebrity Game, which was might have been the most enjoyable thing I watched all weekend. Um, I did watch a lot of Saturday night, though a lot of the showcase, the three point contest, the skills competition, um, and the dunk competition, which we're definitely going to talk about. Um, I guess my highlight would be is uh, Mark Mason, the Blazers PA announcer got to do a lot of the work. Um, he was the PA announcer for that night. So it was kind of cool to hear him do that. It was cool to hear him mm-hmm. introduce CJ McCollum again for the three point competition, but really I think it's time to maybe consider, and it's something I heard on the broadcast. I think it's probably time to maybe move the three point competition to the marquee slot on the skills night, because I think, you get higher quality players to participate in the three-point competition. I think the dunk competition is really, I, I don't know what to make of it. This year was really tough. Like I think Obi Toppin had good dunks. The problem was, is 
the other three competitors really struggled. And then there's a couple things I think about it, but Brian, tell me about your viewing experience. And then I'm going to go into my, my dunk competition tirade real quick. Oh, I can't wait for that. But as far as my viewing experience goes, like I mentioned last week, the only thing I was truly interested in was the three point contest, which, you know, I feel like that's just kind of a tried and true formula. And it was fun. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's fun to, you know, you kind of hit on it. There's a lot more talent out there for that deal i think maybe guys are a little less worried about their performances in that they just go out there and shoot and uh it's fun watching cj you know and as kind of obviously he's not a blazer anymore but you know really the only guy there that i would identify with is you know a guy i've watched for a long time and seeing him go out there and do his thing was fun um you know he set himself up decently in that first round until that money rack and then the wheels kind of fell off in my in my uh gambling uh night really went off the rails as well at that at that time <laughs> me too me too brother me too <laughs> but uh yeah so for me the three-point contest lived up to my expectations i think that's just a solid solid event that really needs a little tweaking um went back and watched some highlights of the dunk contest and man i'm glad i didn't watch that live just because the amount of missed dunks man it just kills the flow Obi Toppin did do some cool stuff, definitely earned the win, but it's just an event that's really lost its luster, especially, you know, since to me that, you know, our heyday of probably watching the dunk contest was like the Vince Carter mm-hmm. era of the dunk contest, right? And just there's such a staggering difference between the product we saw then and the product we see now. You know, tons of people take a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 per day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, it's producer Perry here, and I want to talk to you about a new app we've been using here on the Church of Hawaii called ColorCast. ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and totally free to use. You can talk to me, other fans, Brian, Steve, athletes, and insiders all in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And the best thing is that you can share your own experiences on the app. All you have to do is download the ColorCast app free on the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any group you want. It's that easy. That's the ColorCast app on the iOS App Store. Yeah. I As far as the three-point competition goes, as far as like just getting high-level competitors, I think you touched on a good thing there where it's saying, you know, they're guys aren't as worried to compete in that and maybe go out there and not perform up to expectation as much as a dunk competition, potentially. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, the baked in out as far as, you know, I'm an off the dribble 
three-point shooter. I don't shoot well off the rack. You know, you, there's a way that you can explain a poor performance in a three-point competition where it's a little different when you're talking about a, a dunk competition. As far as the dunk competition goes, I'm not ready to like completely throw it out because I do think, yes, we lived through a, a really good era when we were kids watching this, but also, you know, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, those were memorable yeah. dunk competitions. Um, you know, even the Dwight Howard, Nate Robinson, little rivalry that went on, when we were a little older, also mm-hmm. good. So I think there's just, it kind of ebbs and flows and it just definitely feels like this is a low point and it's like a really low point where we're like <laughs> scraping the bottom. I think for me, the ways you can fix it is I think giving them so many attempts like just watching like a missed dunk and them loading up for like the same trick that clearly isn't going to work. Like there were a couple guys that were going for dunks in that competition that were never going to connect. You could just tell when they were going for it. It's like, this is not going to happen no matter how mm-hmm. many attempts you have. So I think you reduce, reduce the attempts, you get people out, but you, I think you try to expand the field to that way, you know, one dunk attempt or two dunk attempts and you're out, but you can, quickly plug someone in there and you know keep this moving the other thing too is the writing was kind of on the wall you had a lot of guards in this competition like i think you kind of need to balance it out we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. And get some big guys in that competition. Like, no wonder Obi Toppin won. He was the only, like, true forward. The rest of the guys were guards. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see how that can be just overlooked completely. But, again, we're talking about a very silly all-star game showcase. I did not watch anything on Sunday. I, <laughs> I cannot watch the all-star game unless Dame's in it. Yeah. Um, or or a blazer players in it so i just had no incentive to watch it i think the elam ending and how they structure the quarters is cool but also like it for someone who's coming in and out of the game you're like what what the hell is the score like what is going on here so i don't know i didn't did you watch anything on sunday absolutely not um just to touch on that dunk contest though i really like the idea of just widening the field and maybe you make it you get two attempts and then you're out and maybe there's only like two rounds or something like that. So, you know, you can, you kind of, you expand the field guys don't have to burn through all these different dunks. They bring their best two or whatever that may be. And then, you know, but the only two attempts, it kind of helps with the flow, but yeah, I'm, you know, all-star weekend. I'm just, 
I don't really love any all-star festivities in any sport, frankly. Um, I think it was back in kind of a more cable world. It was when guys really gave a shit when things were really starting to pick up. It, was, it had its place, but really now I'd rather watch a random NBA game, you know, a competitive yeah. NBA game than, than the all-star game. So it's kind of where I'm at with it. And, uh, yeah, I, I think baseball is kind of like the only all-star game that kind of makes sense because you can fundamentally yeah. still play the game of baseball in an all-star game. Like At basically for, the same I, level, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. football – basketball like especially football like what are we doing here like the pro bowl needs to be done like that like make <laughs> it make it flag football i guess or something because that's basically what it is now um the cool yeah. stuff in this year's all-star uh, weekend i guess is really all the off the court stuff right oh in yeah top 75 and you kind of wonder if maybe that's the path forward to drive a little bit more interest is to capitalize on the off, off the court stuff which seems kind of weird but the nba being such a star-driven league Maybe they could draw some more people in that way and and just entertain us a little better just by because mm-hmm. the on the court product's not exactly riveting. No, no, and uh, DJ Khaled, not the best performance I've ever seen. So, mm-hmm. but, um, speaking of the NBA seventy five, um, Damian Lillard, uh, Bill Walton, Clyde Drexler, all included former Blazers in there. Um, let's get right into it. There's a lot of news that came right out of mm-hmm. out of this. Um, I know it's been kind of beaten to death on Twitter and in other places, but I do want to talk about it because it's someone near and dear to us when we were growing up as fans mm-hmm. is Clyde Drexler. Clyde Drexler had some comments about the state of the Blazers, particularly the CJ McCollum trade and his thoughts on Damian Lillard and being a star player in Portland. And basically Clyde compared it to in his words and his version of history is, this is very similar to what he went through the, the, he is claiming that, you know, he really looked for a trade after the Blazers looked to reshape their roster, go younger. Um, and that's when it kind of drove him and, and he really wanted to, and was happy. He got traded to the Houston Rockets where he went on to win a, a title. Um, and also his hometown. Um, but I do think, and then he just goes on to say, you know, uh, you know, Damian Lillard might be thinking the same thing. He's got to be thinking, man, I want out of here. Um, actually, I don't want to completely paraphrase it because I think it is important to uh, uh, <laughs> get this right. Uh, so he says in quotes on this, he was on a podcast on uh, with uh, Mark Carmen and Windy uh, City podcast, the, the Windy City podcast, and he said yep. in. in his thoughts of maybe trying to look through Lillard's eyes here. He says, I'm sure Lillard has got to be thinking, I got to go somewhere to compete for a title unless he just wants to stay here and finish out his career. But if he is competitive, I'm sure he's looking to go someplace to win as a player. You have to make that adjustment and you have to make that decision real quick. Do I want to stay here and be beloved? And maybe I don't win a championship, but they love you here in Portland. That wasn't enough for me. So you got to get, some insight into Clyde, uh, you know, almost 30 years after that trade, <laughs> but <laughs> you, you kind of see what his mindset is. Um, Lillard has, you know, reaffirmed his commitment to Portland, even in the last week, which is something that kind of came out even since we recorded last. Brian, what do you make of Clyde's comments here? And, and do, do they change how you view Clyde? Does it change how you view the Lillard situation? What do you think? really doesn't change the way I view Clyde personally. I think that he's pretty well aligned himself with Houston, you know, going back to even his hall of fame ceremony and, you know, what Jersey wanted to wear. 
and just kind of the distance he's put himself between, you know, him and the, and the trailblazers organization. But it kind of irked me a little bit in particular that, you know, I wanted to compete. I'm a competitor, all, all that shit. And it's like, I, I thought that combat was horseshit because what's more competitive than, you know, battling through and carrying a franchise to a, to a title. Right. I don't think that people were accusing Dirk of not being a competitor when he stayed in Dallas or, you know, Reggie Miller staying in Indiana his entire career. I, you know, I, I think I don't disagree. He wanted to win. Um, I think you can get into some of the semantics over what Portland was actually doing versus, you know, was he pushing himself out and all that stuff. But really looking back, I mean, it almost like is kind of a slap in the face. The guys who have stuck with one franchise and, and gutted it out and competed and won one or didn't win one, but you know, kind of went out on their what, what was uh Lillard's comment went out on his shield, right? With yeah. one with one team. And so that comment kind of pissed me off, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so you know, I will say this about Clyde is I think Clyde has been consistent with this messaging. Now, do I think it is true? I mean, he was saying this stuff a couple of years ago on, on another podcast uh appearance with James Posey as far as you know. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stay and then the Blazers blew things up prematurely. And that's like, I don't think the Blazers did anything prematurely. Like this team was a couple years removed from a finals run at this point. It was clear that there were other teams in the conference that had caught up to the Blazers and probably passed them. Um, You know, Clyde went on, you know, he's mentioned the Kevin Duckworth trade for Harvey Grant. And it's like, Kevin Duckworth played four more seasons after that trade and only appeared in like 140 games. Like it was clear that the Blazers needed to do something as far as what Clyde says and how, like, I don't fault him for reframing the past because let's face it. If you're not in the Portland market or the Houston market, the vast majority of NBA fans remember Clyde Drexler as the dude who showed up and really thought he was on par with Michael Jordan and got absolutely put in his place. And I want to be very clear that that's how, that's how a lot of people remember Clyde. That's how he was portrayed in the last dance. I mean, there was basically a whole episode where it really dealt with how Michael Jordan made sure Clyde Drexler knew where he was on the pecking order. So if you're Clyde, He's loved in Houston. He's still loved in Portland, no matter how he's distanced himself from the organization. But if your client, like, of course, he's going to be like framing things a certain way. I mean, I think that's how everybody ages and they frame things differently as they get older. But I don't underrate the idea that the impact of probably how he thinks he's perceived from, from most NBA fans with the Michael Jordan effect of how that might impact how he represents himself as a competitor and really looks at that Houston era as the time he won the title. Because, you know, when you think about it outside of the Portland scope, outside of the Houston scope, you really wonder what his legacy really is. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's absolutely one of the best NBA players Without a doubt. Ev- yep. ever played. Like I'm not saying he's not that, but he got dealt with by Michael <laughs> Jordan. So like, like, let's be very clear about that too. Uh, Listen, like I'm a Clyde fan. I had a dog named Clyde. I, yeah. I, you know, I like oh, yeah. Drexler. I, he's, he's stylistically one of the, you know, I'm, I, don't know I don't know if uh, I'm a fan of Clyde Drexler. I had a dog named Clyde. I don't know if like that's, I don't know if we want to make that connection. I'm kidding. No, no <laughs> it's like, like stylist. I said, I am a fan of Clyde Drexler yeah. and style, stylistically, you know, he's one of the favorite players to watch Just you know, aesthetics and beauty of his game and all that shit. But the other day, you know, he's saying he's this big competitor and he wants to go win. 
Well, guess what? You had to team up with Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, probably top 13 or so player, no matter what mm-hmm. consensus. And so, you know, maybe he's just not the alpha dog, like Michael kind of showed at the dream team. Right. And you can maybe make a case that maybe the Terry Porters and Jerome Kersey's of, of those good blazer teams were kind of the alpha dogs of those teams. And that he was really, you know, a number two, you know, he was more Scotty Pippen than MJ. And so really this whole competitor shtick is kind of bullshit. And he had to go be the number two somewhere else to get a title. And so to kind of frame Dame as, as him is probably a little unfair to Dame because I think Dame's the unquestioned leader of the franchise and absolutely, you know, wants to get it done his way with him being the, the guy. And I mean, if Clyde's way was to do it the way he did it, more power to him. But you can't yeah. knock Dame for wanting him to do it his way too, like you said. Exactly. Yeah. Um, also, I believe – Eight-year-old Steve and five-year-old Brian are extremely upset with this stream of conversation. Right, <laughs> traitors. So I want to make that very clear. It is. It pains me to have this conversation, but I do think it it is important when you're. Anytime I think of Clyde, I I, I try to keep stuff like that in mind. Um, outside of the Clyde Dame dynamic. There was also some moves the Blazers made. They've kind of tidied up their roster after, you know, a very busy trade deadline. And we're kind of seeing basically we assume what the roster is going to look like the rest of the way. I think the one good mm-hmm. new, the definite good news story here is a guy we've been talking about a lot on this show for the last month or two is Trendon Watford. Um, got his deal converted from a two-way contract. He, uh, he landed a four-year deal. 5.8 million. So it's not a lot, but it, you know, it's guaranteed money. It's a guy mm-hmm. who went undrafted. Who's well, I guess it's not all guaranteed money, but it's a, it's a real NBA contract. Partially. It yep. includes two non-guaranteed seasons. So the Blazers have a lot of flexibility here. Uh, Trent Watford is on an NBA deal. He's on an NBA roster. Um, it's tough not to feel good for the kid. Like he has done everything right. He, you know, was very much the next man up mentality and he stepped in in a big way and, you know, he just continues to make smart plays, be in the right position. And I'm really, really optimistic about his future as, as a meaningful role player for this team, potentially. Brian, what, what do you make of the Watford news? Yeah, I love it, man. 5.8 for four. Um, you know, if some, for, some, for some reason, goes south. Two years, non-guaranteed. It's an excellent deal for Portland. I think it's a good move for him. Um, stoked, man. I, I still think. I'd like to see him play his natural position a little more. Hopefully in those four years, we can acquire one guy over 6'10 to maybe man the center, the backup center spot. But, you know, for now, I'm not going to hold my breath. But really, I mean, we all, we're all, I don't think, this is one of those rare moves by this team that was pretty much unanimous. Or, you know, I don't don't think there was a single, like, negative piece of press or, or tweet or anything. I mean, it was... Pretty much flawless move by the front office. I like. And it really kind of just for something I get so upset about so frequently, as far as like, oh, the Blazers don't have a G League team. Like, they still found a way to go get an undrafted player, uh, use the two way contract, and convert him into a real NBA contract, a real NBA roster spot. Now, granted, this team is in a much different place than the start Mm -hmm. of the year when they signed that deal, which probably helped accelerate this process. But, you know, opportunity availability that's that's what the name of the game especially in the nba i mean trenton watford was 
right place, right time, and was ready to rock and roll when his number was called. Um, speaking of players that were were signed that are, have a little bit of hype, uh, Oregon State's own Woo! Drew Eubanks is coming to the team on a 10-day contract. Uh, a center kind of percolated in that San Antonio system for a while, was traded um, at the deadline, then waived by Toronto. Um, basically, how he's joining the team is – it's a 10 day contract. It's a hardship contract because Damian Lillard's out for a prolonged amount of time. Joe Angles is out for a prolonged amount of time. So the Blazers have some flexibility here. I would not be surprised if we see this kind of trend continue throughout the rest of the year to, to make sure they're fully staffed. Um, you know, I don't know what drew Eubanks is really going to bring to this team, but it's kind of exciting to see anytime you see that, you know, a local college kid come back home um, Northwest guy, come to the straight team. out of straight out of troutdale man yeah pretty sure <laughs> the wind. i don't know people live there <laughs> you, want, you want to talk about the windy city so yeah. uh, but, uh, i don't know if people live there uh, i'm i apologize to our troutdale listeners troutdale is lovely guys. i was gals. i was married in troutdale oregon all right oh, it was, were, it's, yeah. a, it's a lovely place you were there <laughs> so i was there <laughs> but, um anyway that so yeah i guess those are the additions um, also, Brandon Williams of the of the G League was signed. Um, we're just really not making friends in the Portland. We, first, we disparage Clyde, and now we disparage the great city of Troutdale. I just not not I trending. That shit coming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Gresham represent. So um, they, uh, the Blazers also cut uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. was hurt. Uh, certainly was not setting the world on fire, but you know, I think there's still untapped potential with him. I just don't know where it's going to come from. It's got to be a very patient team. I think at this point, I hope he gets another chance in the NBA. Um, But now we're kind of seeing what this roster looks like going down the stretch as far as what the rotations potentially going to look like. I guess the other question I want to ask you before we kind of talk about what we want to see on the court and what this team can do down the stretch what's your like is Eric Bledsoe going to play for this team like the buyout hasn't come I don't know if it will because I don't know if it really it doesn't do the Blazers any favors yeah he's hard to he's basically his trade value is diminished because that that full contract is going to kick in before they can really do anything useful so unless the team's looking for an expiring deal next year I don't know how much trade value he has I think the Blazers probably just get off of it but does he play for this team? What do you think, Brian? Do you think Eric Bledsoe suits up as the Blazers and helps them maybe try to make a push for a, a good play in spot this season? So sad just to say, hey, is this guy going to play to make this team worse? Or <laughs> on, on a team full of young guys and really no point guards other than, you know, Brandon Williams, the new two-way guy, but, <laughs> and, and Ant. But anyway, um, I think Eric Bledsoe is going to do whatever Eric Bledsoe wants to do I, I think he's still rep by rich paul i believe in clutch sports they wield him you know enormous amount of power if he wants to shut it down and go to cancun mentally i, th- I think that's going to be just fine with portland if you know he wants to get some run i i think that they'll find a way to make that happen i really think it's up to him and his camp if i was going to guess i'd probably say that he uh won't play um i think he'll take the rest of the year kind of Maybe recoup his body. He's got some mileage on him. And, uh, you know, maybe just not not playing might actually up his value later. Like a team might take a flyer on him. He's played so poor, 
He's played so poorly. <laughs> what does recently. that say? I don't know what that says about your NBA future. Where it's like, you know what might make it your value better is if we just don't see you play basketball. <laughs> no, because people people hear Eric Bledsoe, you're like, oh yeah, that guy used to be kind of tough. And then, yeah. But you watch him play this year. He's obviously a different player at a different stage of his career. And mm-hmm. I think I think it's up to him and his team. And I, I don't think we'll see him. I, I think it's time for, especially with the glut of guards on the roster. I think it's pretty clear where Portland's going, and he. I doubt has any part of that. He's not like he's like Clyde, man. He doesn't want to help teach these young guys how to play basketball. So he's competitive, man. He's competitive. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you know, Clyde. Yeah, this is we're getting real bad. Um we get struck by lightning. Don't yeah, potentially. Um, as far as Bledsoe goes, I don't know. I, I think there's a way to where how Chauncey Billups wants to play there's a role for Eric Bledsoe if he wants to play that way, but I don't know, like the guy isn't hurt all year and now he has, you know, Achilles tendinopathy or whatever it is. So like, who knows, like you said, I I believe his agency will have a lot to do with his decision and what, what the forecast looks like. If this team keeps winning games and there's a role on the table for him, you know, you could see where that could increase his value. If the good, the good vibes keep going in Portland, um, okay. so now let's just look, so let's just take Eric Bledsoe off the table of the guys that are going to play. What are you hoping to continue to see? And I'm just going to just say, I think for right now, until this team starts potentially losing again, um, which we'll look at the schedule. I, I think we're, I'm just going to mentally prepare myself for this team trying to win and get into the playoffs. I, I think. I think this team is competitive. I think it's feisty. I think Chauncey Billups is a first-year coach that wants to win and not tank. But who knows? That could all change. But who do you? What do you want to see on the floor? Maybe in this first week or so, back in action. You know, tons of people take a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 per day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, it's producer Perry here, and I want to talk to you about a new app we've been using here on the Church of Hawaii called ColorCast. ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and totally free to use. You can talk to me, other fans, Brian, Steve, athletes, and insiders all in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And the best thing is that you can share your own experiences on the app. All you have to do is download the ColorCast app free on the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any group you want. It's that easy. That's the ColorCast app on the iOS App Store. I'd really like just to, just to see a continuation of the team that we saw right before the break. You know, it's it's been 
fun to watch the hustle, the ball movement, kind of just all those things that I think, you know, it was kind of like a breath of fresh air for, you know, this fan base having watched this team play the same way for so long. So I'm not too worried about the results at this point. I've, I've given up like hoping for something to happen <laughs> as far as results based for me, it's more just kind of the, the process. Right. And, and just continue to see some of these young guys, young guys flash like Watford, a little Greg Brown um, and really, you know, watching Ant continue his, his ascent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, it really comes down to one, does Yusuf Nurkic continue to play at this high level with a good attitude yeah. and show that he's a leader? I, I think what he does here down the stretch will impact his future in Portland, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think Portland could really enter the offseason with a really good feeling about what Yusuf Nurkic is going forward. Um, as far as the backcourt goes, that's where the real interest is for me because Josh Hart and Anthony Simons they look really good together. It's something we talked about a lot mm-hmm. last show. I mean, it was really kind of came away as the main focus of the show. Um, I want to see more of that, but specifically Anthony Simons and not because I may or may not have a few dollars on it, but I do think mm-hmm. Anthony Simons is a legit contender to win most improved player of the year, especially if this team makes a push into the postseason after everyone kind of just, checked out and said, oh, this team's obviously tanking. Now, granted, this this conversation could age like room temperature cheese in a humid environment. Like, I, like by next week, this could be over. But I think yeah. four-game winning streak heading into the break, if they, you know, catch a little momentum through these six first games, six, their first six games back, where there is a pretty tough schedule, if they mm-hmm. can go 500 through that, I think we're talking about Anthony Simons as a legit contender for most improved player. And I just say that because his jump is very similar to what CJ McCollum's was when CJ won the most improved player of the year in 2015, 16. I mean, just look at the comparison. I mean, the year before this year and appeared in 64 games, averaged 7.8 points per game. CJ McCollum, before he won that 62 games, only three starts averaged 6.8 points per game that next year cj went on to average 20.8 points per game anthony who's had a little less run in the starting lineup is still found a way to average 17 points per game his efficiency has actually improved from the field waned a little bit from beyond the arc but he's running the show and you know we the blazers media team put together a really good piece or a tweet video last week where it shows Ant is basically mirroring a lot of what Damian Lillard does. And, and as far as just a jump year over year, it's pretty impressive what he's doing. Now, Job Morant is the odds on favorite to win this. And really there is a common theme of number two picks going on to win the most improved player of the year. I mean, if you just look at it, you have Brandon Ingram and Victor Aladipo both in the last four years of that award have came away and and won it. Now what's different about Oladipo and Brandon Ingram is both those guys change teams, change roles. Like John Morant is just on a natural progression of getting better. Like, yes, he's statistically improved. Yes. What he does in the paint for his size is very impressive, but 
it's kind of what a number two pick should do. And I guess it just comes down to what your overall thought is of what the most improved player award is. And for me, it's for a player who makes a leap, maybe beats their progression arc and, and mm-hmm. looks a little different. And like, that's what you see from Brandon Ingram, Victor Oladipo, Pascal Siakam, even Julius Randle, who won it last year. Like these guys broke the trend. And I think that's what Anthony Simons is doing. Not so much what John Morant, John Morant's doing what John Morant was going to do. Like, I mean, this is what we thought he was going to be. Yes. He's here a little earlier, but anyway, that's my Anthony Simons, most improved player pitch. What do you, what do you think, Brian? Well, I mean, as a guy that also has a little money on this, I, I love it. I think you need to spread this narrative far and wide. Um, yeah, it's like Jaws that I, I really like the odds on it. And I think you could really make a case, especially if they make a run. Um, I think Memphis is going to continue to, you know, they have a really easy schedule too. I think that it truly is Jaws to lose. But I think that, you know, there's there's an outside chance that Ant, Ant can sneak in there. I think another run, you know, 30-point games doesn't hurt. Maybe a little, maybe a big game against the Warriors on Thursday wouldn't hurt. Mm-hmm. I like it, man. Yep. And Hopefully I will just continue. And I, and I like, and I agree with you in the narrative that it is about kind of that progression arc, right? Like Jai is kind of doing what we thought. It's it's that leap from mm-hmm. kind of a, like that obscure leap relative to people's expectations mm-hmm. that really should is what should drive winning this award. But I think Jaws just got so much goodwill right now, too. He's kind of almost in like, that bulletproof Dame zone where Dame was yeah. a few years ago, where it kind of feels like the NBA guys want to give him something. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. I feel like Jaws entered that arena where you have to give him an award is what it feels mm-hmm. like, whether that's first team, all NBA and an award or, or what exactly that looks like. Like you said, players just kind of enter this where it might not be the exact award for that player, but, the voters, I think, sometimes get this idea that these these six or seven players are all worthy of an award. Now let's just make this puzzle piece work or this puzzle work with these pieces. But yeah, um, and, and you have Memphis performing so much above people's expectations that maybe there's a little bit of that bleeding over where you know Portland's underperforming expectations, at least from if you were to start at the beginning of the season, right? So but, That's my thing is that, that here that you want to talk about overperforming expectations, perfect recipe for the, the Blazers in this final third of the season of to outperform expectations here. The, because, the new expectations. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, hey, man, new expectations are here, buddy. So, oh, yeah. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about this team before we get out of here as far as what to expect immediately outside of the all-star break. Now, the Blazers jumped all over some teams as they went into the All-Star break. Something we talked about last week. This team has has a history of doing this before Billups. You know, this was a, something that Terry Stotts' teams did very well. Now, can they continue it after the break? That's the big question. Because their first six games out of the break include these five teams. Golden State, the Denver Nuggets, the Phoenix Suns, the Minnesota Timberwolves twice, and the Utah Jazz. So, all playoff teams in the West. And I think we're going to know a lot about this Blazers. I think this Blazers team, we're going to know a lot about the tank um, or if the tank's going to get back to us here. Um, I think if they can, like I said before, if they can go 500 here, I think this team's in business to, to make a push to the postseason. What do you think, Brian? I think there's a really good chance this team makes the playoffs. And I think that the biggest driver of that just might be the schedule. Um, mm-hmm. They have the 
according to tankathon.com, they have the second easiest schedule, you know, moving forward. And they really only, you know, out of the really top teams, the only one they play more than once is the Jazz. But I mean, they've got like, let's see, the Pistons once, Rockets twice, Thunder twice, Spurs three times, Pelicans twice, which might be must watch games, not just yeah. because CJ is there, but there's some huge pickup implications, obviously. But to me, the schedule and then maybe just, as hungry as this team has played, you know, maybe down the stretch, they'll be picking up wins while some of those fringe teams might not be just through sheer, you know, that's organizational mm. kind of culture. And they're going, you know, they're trying to make something sustain. So I could see them making the playoffs. The thing that's going to go against them is that I really think that teams are going to start exploiting the lack of size and ball handling at some point and, and shooting as well. But you'd think that a smaller team would have, you know, excellent ball handlers and shooters, but really not the case, you know, for, we, we really don't have size at every position, but we also don't have a lot of ball handlers. So, you know, we've been getting by on hustle, hustle points. Um, you know, I think the defense is obviously much improved, but this is also the team that has some flaws that can be dissected by better teams. And, you know, this is also a really young team and granted they don't have a lot of minutes this year, but, you know, kind of that young guy, like rookie wall or, you know, but young guys have a tendency to kind of hit these walls too. And this is the first big time NBA minutes for a lot of the guys on this roster. And I kind of wonder if that won't rear its head at some point in the season. Yeah. And eventually, you know, teams are going to get the memo that one, Josh Hart is on this team and, and that's part of it. And the other thing is like, I was talking to a friend, friend of the show, Jonathan Charks, who like we're, we were talking about, you know, this team post-trade and like how crazy it would be if the Blazers made the playoffs now. And I, you know, I just told him like, look at Josh Hart's numbers through the couple games he's been here. He's yeah. basically like, yeah, this is not sustainable. So, <laughs> so like eventually Josh Hart's going to come back yeah. down to earth. I hope he doesn't, but I, he probably will. Um, I, like I said, I think the first six games are tough, but then it does get very easy. You're going to be talking about playing teams that are, actively actively tanking and what goes against the blazers when they're playing against teams that are actively tanking if they are trying to lose and when i say trying to lose i mean organizationally like this mm -hmm. might be the desirable outcome for people at the top maybe but chauncey Billups doesn't want to lose anthony simons doesn't want to lose and use of your nurkish doesn't want to lose these are mm -hmm. two of them are looking for a contract this summer they're not looking to put bad film on tape and they're not looking to put a bad taste in prospective teams' mouths, basically. Like, they want to play well. Um, Chauncey Billups, too, has a lot to, lot to prove as a first-year head coach. He's going to go out there. He's going to continue to grow as a coach. He's going to be trying to win these close games. And that's just kind of a, a not-ideal recipe when you're looking at a team and hoping it's going to lose. Like, I, I think this team, who's already two games ahead of the San Antonio Spurs in the play-in race, um, you know, this is a team that can probably hang in that, in that area. I mean, the Lakers could shut down LeBron James at any point. I think like if they're a team that really feel like they're not going to compete for a title now, that's hard to, I, I don't necessarily see that coming. And then the Clippers too, are dealing with their own set of injuries and yes, they've made some trades, but that's another team that has potential downward mobility. And then also, you know, the Pelicans, yes, they can make a jump. They should make a jump, especially with CJ McCollum there, but We'll see. Like, I think this team is in, in position to for sure be in the play in and, and be able to make some noise potentially once they get there. And, and when I say make some noise, 
say make some noise in the play. And like, I don't think this is a team that's trying to get into the second round. Right. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd agree with that, man. And I, I, that was a good point about Nurk and Ant. Those guys aren't going to be, you know, kinda, unless they're shut down, you know, they get enough tape on them. Yeah. And they're, I think that's the thing is like maybe some of these guys start going down with some little nagging injuries and stuff just to kind of slow the momentum. But I think this is a team that's gunning for the playoffs. So I really don't see that happening. And, and just kind of the environment they're looking at it. You really start looking at the tea leaves and the schedule and it's like, man, this might be a team that gets the plan. So, and and again, be wild. I feel like this is a conversation that could age like room temperature cheese. Like I think that I mean, so basically whatever we think the Blazers are going to do, typically the common theme of this show is whatever we want them to do, they will do the exact opposite. So be prepared for that listeners. Um, I've kind of quit wanting, man. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> here for the ride. <laughs> embrace, embrace the chaos, man. Chaos, yeah. So, yeah. I, I think that's about it for this week. We're about to see this team get back in action. It's been kind of nice to have a little bit of a break from the NBA, um, as far as not seeing games, having the All Star weekend. Um, you know, we had a very busy couple of weeks there with the trade deadline and wrapping our heads around what this team was going to be. Um, I'm excited for like I'm excited for the first time in a long time about what to expect from this team down the stretch. And you know, is that going to be losing? Is that going to be making a playoff push? I don't know, but I know I'm excited for it. And I couldn't say that, you know, the start of the season. So I'll leave it at that. Brian, you got anything before we head out of here? I'd really like to see him pick up a W on Thursday against the Warriors. Get this, get this. Uh, what is it, the last third of the season start off right? I don't know. I, I'm saying third. Saying? Com- I'm saying third confidently, like because I, I know talk, I, was like, I talk sh- I talk shit about people who are calling it the back half of the season, and then I'm like just rubber stamping a third. Like I haven't done what it could be. No, I'm looking at I'm looking at a uh, yeah, it's third. We'll call okay. it. It's close enough. Okay. Sixty out of eight. Perfect. So, See 59. that Hermiston public education coming back to save me. Again. Rounding skills. Yeah. Rounding skill. You got that from the Umatill army chemical depot, but um, <laughs> anyway, deep cuts, my friend. Uh, yeah, we, we better get out of here. <laughs> I'll also too. I do want to, uh, I really do love Clyde Drexler. I know Tyler or <laughs> Tyler uh, Brian does as well. I, I'm thinking of all my, my blazer fans and my sphere that are probably going to be upset with me after some of the things I said about Clyde, but Hey, it's it's okay to have an emotional response to, you know, something someone says. It's all right. Yep. That's all I'm going to say about that. Love you, Clyde. Yep. We love Clyde. This is a Clyde-friendly podcast. And I'm sure maybe if Brandon Roy was a more public person, he might have some choice words to say about the Blazers organization as well. So I believe it. No, he probably would. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, that's it for this week's show. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will be back next week. Talk soon. See Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And while you're at it, go follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod. We'll see you next week.